Hello and welcome to my Jason Bourne special, my week in media podcast special, Jason Bourne special. Now this is in, not memory, but in, I don't even know what the word is. This is because, I've made this because Jason Bourne, the fifth entry to the highly established and well-received franchise comes out, well, for me, tomorrow. Well, I don't know when you listen to this, it comes out on July 29th. And I hadn't watched any of the Bourne films at all. I'd avoided them, they're not my sort of films, but I figured the new one looks quite good. I like Matt Damon. I'm going to go back, buy all of them, review all of them, and make a special podcast about it, and then the next podcast... Uh, this will be the this week. I will be seeing it tomorrow as time of recording. But the next podcast that comes out will be reviewing Jason Bourne. So I have just finished watching um, all four of the Bourne films, not at once, but overall, I've watched. I've finished watching all four, and I put in a hell of a lot of effort. And I've actually, I even sat down. If you've seen my Twitter, you'll seen all the uh, the things that I did and the uh, the little. Born drawings that I did and things, and I actually sat down and I wrote notes, and I tried to be a bit more professional with this review because I had more time and I didn't, I'm not watching these at the cinema. I'm watching these at home, and I have the ability to to make notes and really review them in a way. The first one I reviewed a bit too much, I think. Like I really, really analysed it, and then the second one, second and third one, and the fourth one, I was kind of just a bit more relaxed, but I was still analysing more than I would if I was watching a normal film. Now, this is as well as a normal podcast, but I'm also trying to put a lot of effort into this. And spoiler-wise, this is the thing, I'm not trying to be spoiler, spoilery, but I'm also not trying to be spoiler-free. It's hard, it's, it's going to be a mix. I'm definitely not going to like talk explicitly about events that happen, but it's hard for me to say like even in the short plot descriptions of each film because they are very connected films you know you can't just go in well unless you're watching Legacy you can't just go in and watch Born Supremacy which is the second one and not have seen the first one especially the third one you need to have seen both of the other two to really I think get the third one so spoilers are going to be very very minimal and I feel like I'm not going to be talking about anything that will like ruin your experience if you haven't but what I would say is if you haven't seen them, do go and watch them, the first three at least, <laughs> which I'm pretty sure will give you an idea of thing. And then if you can either listen now because you know I'm really not going to talk that much spoilers, or you can just wait and watch them, and listen to this after you've after you've watched all three of them, not the fourth one. And I hope you enjoy this because as I said, I put a lot more effort into reviewing these, and this will have a lot more effort into it and. I hope it's as good, and I hope that the effort and the money and everything that I put into trying to make this kind of cool uh, is worth it. So we're going to keep it straight off with, obviously these are going to be in order of the franchise, straight off with The Bourne Identity. He has the skills you, stop right there. of a dangerous man. I need to know what went wrong. I think he snapped. But he has no memory. We don't take care of this. We will both burn. It trained. Conditioned. Built to disappear. I'll give you $10,000 to drive me to Paris. I get the money, and I don't get hurt. That's a deal. Now, the government's top agent. I can't remember anything that happened before two weeks ago. Visa? Yes. Is about to become their number one target. What's in Paris? It's a name. Jason Bourne. Let's see if the Paris police can find him for us. And the only way he can survive... Talk a lot. ...is to find out who he is. I guess you're not home. Monsieur Bourne! I don't recognize any of this. I don't recognize any of this. Before they find out... Get the address! I think I got it. Enhance where he is. Get everybody up. I want them all activated. Do it now! What is it? Something wrong? 
The Bourne Identity is the first of the trilogy. I'm describing it as a trilogy because the fourth one isn't really part of it, and the fifth one, I'm not really sure where that stands at all. But this is the start of the original Matt Damon Bourne trilogy. It's based off a series of books by Robert Ludlum. Uh, the books are the same titles as the films, Identity, Supremacy and Ultimatum. Uh, and Legacy is based off a continuation of the books. So when Robert Ludlum died, someone else took over and they wrote about ten more books. And The Bourne Legacy is the first one that that guy wrote. So this is starring Matt Damon, Frankie Patente, uh, Brian Cox, Clive Owen, Chris Cooper, quite a lot of people. The main hit has been Frank and Matt Damon and Brian Cox, and it's directed by Doug Lyman. Now, for the rest of the films, they are directed by someone completely different. Tony Gilroy, the writer, actually takes over directing for the uh, last one of the four, not Jason Bourne, I think. Paul Greengrass, the director of Supremacy and Ultimatum, returns for Jason Bourne. But Tony Gilroy has been a big part of all the Bourne films, and he's the, I think he's the main scriptwriter of all of them. But this film is directed by someone different to the rest of the films. And you can tell. I definitely think you can tell. So straight off with the plot, if you have never seen a Bourne film before, basically, Matt Damon plays Jason Bourne, and he is someone who finds himself washed up on a fishing boat, not knowing who the hell he is, where the hell he is, and why he knows so many random things. He can talk, he has all these things, but he has this strange case of amnesia where he only knows really random things, but yet he can speak completely different languages, he can do all these spy-like things, and he doesn't have a clue why. And the aim of this film is to try and make him figure out why he's doing what he's doing, who he is, and why he is what he is. It's strange, in that sense, because this film is a very action-centred film, However, of the three of them, again, I'm referring to the three ones because Legacy is not really part of it. So if I talk about a trilogy, I'm not referring to Legacy. I will talk about Legacy on its own at the end. So this really kickstarts the story, and you can tell because it's the most character development that you get in any of the films at all. The actual story is quite interesting. You know, you are given this consistent sense of mystery in this, who is Jason Bourne? But there is lots and lots of issues with this film and things that I didn't like. The actual cast in this film, besides Matt Damon himself, I thought was pretty poor. Brian Cox works particularly well, and the majority of the CIA people work well. Matt Damon is really, really good. I think he is definitely the standout performance. However, I didn't feel like I connected with him as a character in this film. He is the best character, but he's still not that great in it. I mean, there is no part of me which I, where I thought, oh, this is Jason Bourne, he's really badass. He did feel like a nobody. And I don't think it was until some of the later films where I really started feeling like Bourne was becoming Bourne. He felt like this random stranger. And I think in the long run, that worked. But as a standalone film, it kind of made it quite dull. There was never any action set pieces where I was kind of like, Oh, I really like that. That's really cool. That's really badass. I can't believe he's doing that. The film in itself is pretty forgettable. There is a romance subplot which doesn't really come up in any of the other films. And there isn't really many romance things in any of the other films. And I'm quite glad because this is probably the worst part of the film. It drags and drags and drags. And the use of fast cuts in literally every single scene, even the romantic scenes, just seems ridiculous and, and overused. It's something that doesn't work very well, I think, in this film. The actual Bourne franchise seems to master what it has. You know, the lack of character development, the lack of long shots, the consistent cuts, the heavy action, the m very similar narrative structure for each film gets better in each one because I think they perfect it more in each one. So this film in itself doesn't work that well. They seem to have ironed out all the bad bits for the second film, which is why they get better. Because this just does not feel right with me, it doesn't sit with me. The cast just don't seem right, they, they don't seem to fit in. 
But yet, on the other hand, I've kind of always got this sense of, of mystery. But what I did feel like is, as the film went on, just the first film, as it went on from Act 1, Act 2, Act 3, it gradually got more and more kind of boring. It's The action's supposed to ramp up, but I felt like the story definitely got worse after the first act. And yes, there are some really cool moments. I think there is some really good high-octane action moments. And there's just not a lot happens after the first act. And I'm talking about acts in the sense of this film's on for 120 minutes, so I think it would be about every 35 minutes I was counting an act. And I reviewed, I just kind of summarised what I thought was good about the act. And the first act was good, and then it went downhill and downhill. The music, however, on the other hand, also wasn't as great as everyone was saying. Everyone, like, raves about how good the music is in this film. And if it wasn't for the one Moby song, which is, like, the film franchise is known for, this film's got pretty poor music. The actual sound in this music, in general, is pretty appalling. The use of Foley is so obvious. If you don't know what Foley is, it's where they make sounds in another area. So if I was... I, it's hard for me to do it. But if I was to make a horse sound, they would clap two coconuts together, and then they would place that over the footage to make it more... to emphasise things more. So the actual use of Foley sound is so obvious, it's just painful. Actual, it's, it's, it's hard to watch some of the fight scenes and the over-the-top sounds they use, and it's so obvious, especially when they don't have any music behind it. And that's something the entire franchise falls fault for. Other technical issues, uh, the actual editing, it's hard to say whether it's so good or whether it's so bad. The fast cuts are way too much. Seriously too much. There is way too many fast cuts. And it kind of gets a bit disorientating and a bit irritating in the first film. Especially when none of the action is really that impressive. So to see so many cuts so often, it really starts to annoy me after a while. So I wasn't a big fan of that at all. And as the storyline declined, the cast sound declined. And the... Uh, whoa, side note, one thing that did really, really irritate me. And I'll probably keep on coming back to this. It's a, it's a small point, but it's an annoying point. The text, like, when it comes up with a destination, it's vile. It's, it's disgusting. It's like they just couldn't think of a font, and they just went, oh, I'll just put Arial Black on. It's not Arial Black, but it might as well be. It's the worst thing in the film. It irritates me so much, and it just does not fit well, especially when they're doing subtitles. It's just horrible. And then we talk about the font in every film. Because, oh, I'll get to that in other films, but the font in this film, it's annoying. It's annoyingly bad. And I thought it would just be an issue with the fact that it was made in 2002 and, I don't know, <laughs> fonts weren't as good back then. But the, it's not good at all. There is no point when I was watching this film that I feel like I really connected with the characters. There's no point in this film where I was like, I can't wait, I want to watch this again. This kind of was not a good start to the franchise, in my opinion. The romance subplot, subplot doesn't really go anywhere. There was even an alternate ending and opening, um, which kind of extended things that the real ending and opening have. And I really did not like that either. There was no... just, just I did not like this film. It didn't work. It was slightly well made, but had too many issues to be that good. The character of Bourne was interesting enough to make me want to watch the next film, but if it wasn't for Matt Damon's portrayal of him, and a couple of action moments, I would say the, um, the window, the, not the window scene, the bank scene, well it's not even a bank scene, I think it's an embassy scene, isn't it? The big first scene where he ends up hanging out of a window, uh, was the highlight of the film definitely, and uh, he has to hang out of the uh, abandoned fire escape. That works really, really well. And I wanted more moments like that, but after the beginning, we never get any more moments like that, and we just kind of get lumbered into this really poor subplot. Overall, the Born Identity was not a good start to the franchise. To me, for me. I think it's the worst one. Definitely the worst one. 
uh, of the trilogy. We're talking the trilogy. We're not speaking about Legacy yet. And uh, I'm glad that they do get better because this one was pretty poor. I'm going to give the Born Identity two stars out of five. So now we're going to move on to the Born Supremacy. Two years ago. This your store? It's a little hard to find. Jason Bourne walked away from his past, never to look back again. But his past never stopped looking for him. Marie! You belong. How? Jason, I don't want you to do this. We don't have a choice. Now, Jason Bourne just popped up on the grid in Naples. He's playing their game. He's making his first mistake. They don't make mistakes. On his terms. He's doing exactly what he said he'd do. He's coming for us. Why are they still after me? I don't know. We can play these games forever. Yeah, he's not in front of you. You can't see it. Forget it. He's gone. Let's play a little offense. You have no idea what you're getting into. They know you're here and they're coming for you now. How long do I have? The Bourne Supremacy is the second film in the Bourne trilogy. Uh, it's directed by Paul Greengrass. However, it stars the exact same cast. So the main change is the director... The screenplay is the same, written by the same person throughout all of them, but the cast... Well, actually, to be fair, the cast stays the same, but there are some newcomers. Of course, anyone that died in the first film is dead, but we still have Matt Damon, Frank Patente, Brian Cox, Julia Stiles, and over this time we're joined by newcomers Carl Urban, Joanne Allen, and loads of people. Loads and loads of random people. But they're the main ones, Joanne Allen and Carl Urban. Now, the story takes place directly after Identity, so I can't really spoil a lot. However, the, as the original was more of like a mystery thriller, and like, who is Jason Bourne? What's he done? What's his past? This is much more of a revenge revenge thriller than it is anything else. You know, Jason Bourne has a mission in this. I feel like there is actually more of a plot in this, because in the first one I felt like, where's this film going? I don't have a clue where this is going. Now I feel like there's an objective. You know, Jason Bourne was just trying to escape before, and figure himself out. Now he kind of knows who he is. Not really, but he knows a bit of who he is. And he has a mission. And that form of, I think, objective, this form of linear storytelling, this form of we know where this is going, we know there's going to be like, we know what his objective is. I know what's going to happen in this film. Not in a predictable way, but I know what, what I'm getting into, and I like that. This film builds upon everything that the first one had and scraps everything that the first one did terribly. It even gets rid of, and this is what made me very, very happy, was it gets rid of the awful, awful text at the bottom for like locations and subtitles and everything. It gets rid of it, and that makes me very, very happy because it was bad. And this one does exactly what I wanted to do with like moving text and a bit like a typing text sort of thing. The uh, Everything else just seems to be improved, and I think that's mainly down to the director change, because Paul Greengrass is a significantly better director. Really, really good. What I did notice, though, is that this is the film what made me notice, was that there is just a formula to the Bond films that every single one follows. And I don't really get it, and I didn't really notice it as much until I finally finished watching them, and I was like, oh yeah, that same sort of thing happened in every film. There is three big set pieces. It constantly flickers between Bourne and the CIA. You know, it's literally consistently flicking between that. And there is always an asset. And when you think of it like that, it's kind of a bit generic. It kind of takes away the the idea of it. There is no variation in any of the Bourne films. They all have the three big set pieces. And a bit of filler content around it. You could even go as far as to say that the ending stalls of them are very, very similar. And they don't change at all. And I suppose why change something if it sells and works? 
and they do all work, they do get better, but it just kind of bugs me, and it's something that I notice, is that they do all follow the exact same pattern, and it's strange, really, I think it's, it's very, very strange, when I thought about it. So, the actual set pieces, the main three things in the film, because if you really lower it down to it, the plot in this one is very thin, and it's, it's, you know, it's very much just a revenge story, and we're waiting for the big set pieces, they're so so much better than the original like we i mean the only good one in the original is probably the uh heist well not the heist thing. i always say heist it's not heist the uh, embassy the passport scene the main one the one that i said was the best scene out of the identity from the from the review i still don't know the name of it um that was the best one there and this outdoes all of them the tram scene was superb in my opinion i thought that was so so good not as good as uh the rooftop scene that wasn't really much of a set piece but the rooftop scene in general is that moment when i thought born's badass i like born now i i've clicked with him he is this character that i like and i enjoy and i want to see more of him i want i want to be more attached to born i don't just kind of want to leave him here and you know i could have taken him while leaving him after the first film but this way had this come out of the cinema you know, in the year that it didn't, I'd been old enough to see it, the year that it came out, I probably would never have seen Supremacy. I'd have seen Identity, and then that's it. Probably would never have touched this next one because I don't think the first one sold it very well. So to see those set pieces and for me to really click with his character, then this is the film that would have sold me completely. And again, I think that's completely down to Paul Greengrass. The actual action in this film is is superb. The way it's done i think he's really well and the shaky cam which is like paul greengrass's thing he's like the master of shaky cam kind of works i think at times it's a bit too much and i think that's possibly intentional but i think it works with the amount of cuts however the amount of cuts is again not the best thing ever i can't figure out whether i really like the amount of cuts or whether it really irritates me it's less noticeable in this, but as I say, as I said before, like the average shot length of this is like less than a second, and you can definitely tell, which is a shame though, because there is some huge action scenes which they put loads and loads of effort and money into that don't really get shown and shown off enough, and this becomes a problem much more in later films, but I think it was it's obviously very intentional what they did, but I'm not sure whether I like the choice. It's something that happened, and I'm just kind of like. Well, it's happened. Okay, I'll deal with it. It's happened. So, other than that, you know, I feel like Paul Greengrass was a much better director than, uh, than, than Born Identity's director. The soundtrack, I think, was better. I definitely think it was better. Um, the editing, obviously, with the cuts is, is similar. Very, very similar. Um, and, I don't know. The, the overall logic, what I got from this film is... I clicked with it. I really enjoyed the set pieces. I enjoyed the way the fact the story didn't bog it down with loads of random crap that I didn't care about. I didn't want to know about the romance side of things. I wanted to know about Bourne. I wanted to know what Bourne's going to do next. And I liked the fact that I had a structure, more so than I have in any other film. And the added development, which was significantly less than the others worked for me i think it definitely definitely worked plus this is really the big setup to the third one and i like the fact that it can step away from what the first one did and still be a much better film and there were so many moments in this where i was like yes you go born <laughs> you know i really really liked him and the ending the ending was again much better than the first one i think uh, i i was in i was engrossed in this film from the start I think I think from the first ten minutes of this film, it started off to me as being a bit poor, and then after like a couple of minutes in, I was like, you know what, this is going in places where I like, you know, I like the uh, the the brave moves and and what they did, and then the end just intrigues me, and I was very excited to watch the third one. It was the, it was the moment when I thought, you know what, I actually quite like this set of films, and again, it was better. And I don't think they could have really done a lot else with this film. They saved what could have been a really poor franchise and what could have just been known as a, a bad James Bond, but 
it kind of sets itself apart in this film, I think. I'm going to give The Born Supremacy 4 out of 5 stars. So, moving on to I not identity. So, moving on to Ultimatum. Who was I? They gave you so many identities. Cheever, Lee, Kane, Bourne. You were one of the first ones in the program. We have a situation. Bourne showed up on our surveillance in Southern Europe. Tour in Italy. London. Tangier. What did he after? He's retracing his steps, looking for something. We need to know what it is. Someone made me what I am. And I'm going to find him. Who's Vosin? He trained you. He was with you from the beginning. He knows who you are. They're not going to let you go. They need to bring you home in a body bag. They can't stop me. Pamela Landy. I hear you're still looking for me. Tracing this. Coming online. Trace is confirmed and valid. The street. Jason Bourne. He's within 1,000 yards of this building. He's communicating. Then we should communicate back. I'm going out there. Get the vehicles. We're going mobile. Follow Landy. She leads us to Jason Bourne. We need to find him and we need to take him out. Three teams, Alpha, Bravo. Let's look sharp. Where is he, people? Noah Wilson. This is Jason Bourne. I was wondering when you were going to make this call. Perhaps we could arrange a meet. Where are you now? I'm sitting in my office. I doubt that. Why would you doubt that? If you were in your office right now, we'd be having this conversation face to face. The Bourne Ultimatum concludes the original Bourne trilogy. Again, director Paul Greengrass returns, as well as Tony Gilroy writing. And this is where the story capitalises on everything that worked in both films and kind of makes this mesh of both things and I think that is probably for the best because had it just, this just been another born supremacy it might not have been as good the fact that it actually combined a very very good plot and a very very interesting premise with the high octane action and the, and the brilliant action of the second film because the first film didn't really have that amazing action. The second one definitely, you know, peaked for me. And I think this is Jason Bourne is very, very best. This is really, really good, thrilling watchingness. <laughs> it has the same cast as before. Again, people that have died do not return. But we have uh, Joanne Allen, Matt Damon, Julia Stiles, and loads of other people and the plot of this one while the first one was a mystery and who is born a thriller mystery the second one was a revenge film this is more of a let's fill in all the blanks film this gives you born this says here's born and this tells you everything you need to know about born because if there's something you didn't know well probably after this film you do answer he answers every question that a third film in a trilogy should it's satisfying. There was no moment where I thought, oh, is that really really what's happened over the films? No, I actually liked everything in this. And while the plot mostly stays with the same formula, well, it does stay with the exact same formula. You've got three big action set pieces, uh, consistent switches between the CIA and Bourne, and an asset. The asset was pretty good, I'll admit, but you know it still sticks with the exact same formula that the other one had. And again, I've grown with it, and I kind of really like it now. By this film, it, it, it's grown on me to a point where I am excited to see the next set piece. And I'm excited to see where the story goes. And this one adds a good enough story. Again, it, no romance. No romance. That is what is the key thing for me here. No boring romance subplots. I liked all the subplots. The CIA, the main plot, and who Bourne is. They, they were fantastic. This has the best set pieces, probably of all three films, especially the London train station. Fantastic. Paddy Considine was really, really good as uh, the journalist, and I really, really liked that entire sniper. It was, it was intense. I was really, it was, I was really like on edge. And again, it was another moment for me where Bourne just clicked as being this really, really cool, cool character. Everything about this film screamed to me as being 
the best film in this. He knows what it's doing by now. It's like they saw the first one, they realised what was wrong with it, got rid of it all, put in the second one. They realised, you know what, maybe that was too little, but yet it was still good. So let's put in all the good stuff, but yet let's add in a bit of the thing, the first film's character development without the romance. And it made for a very, very, very good combination. And again, the action was so good... And again, I think that's all down to Paul Greengrass, an amazing director for this sort of film. His shaky cam works really, really well. And I think everything that he does and every choice he made in this film was the perfect choice. Because why wouldn't you want the shaky cam and the, the fast things that's happening? He, he, he equalises the fastness. You know, what's going on on screen is so intense and fast. He equalises it with the fast cuts and the shaky cam and, the, and all of that. And it, and it all combines into this big mess that looks amazing and I don't know how he's done it because it's it's very impressive for what he's done what I did notice was though that there was still some issues and that they have carried over across all three films the actual cast in like in like in supremacy is fantastic again Matt I didn't really speak much about the cast in my supremacy review actually the cast in the film is actually fantastic uh, I'm, I'm sidetracking back to, uh, to Supremacy a bit here, but the cast in Supremacy was really, really good. Julia Stiles really upped a game. Matt Damon, again, really clicked for me and was like the moment when he was badass. Joanna Allen was a good addition. All the CIA members were good. And uh, this film, again, matches that instantly. Joanna Allen was very, very good in this film. Uh, Matt Damon, again, superb. And Julia Stiles, I, I much preferred her character to any of the film's characters. You know, like, side characters that aren't born. And I think it's testament to the cast and the story that makes this film work so well. With the Because otherwise, having a poor story would render this just being an action fest of just, here's three set pieces, enjoy. Whereas, Supremacy kind of did that, but had a good revenge story. You know, it, had, it, was a, it was a nice break from what the first film did wrong. This film mixes in and has an amazing story with the three set pieces. And there was some really, really good things that that worked in this film. And most of them were the plot related. Everything felt like it was needed. I didn't feel like any scene wasn't needed in this film. And I think that's, again, down to the really, really good writing. And again, there was more moments where I thought, oh, yes. Yeah, Jason Bourne's back. You know, he's badass. He's got that moment. There was another rooftop scene for me. I think it was more the train scene. But I think the entire... The entire of the film worked. And the actual conclusion of the film stood out to me as being, you know what, I really like where that's gone. And although it ends... In a bit of a predictable way, I suppose. I thought it was a good ending to what we'd already established in the three films. The sound, again, was pretty good. Uh, the second film, what something that I mentioned in the first Identity review, was that there was some really, really bad foley. It, it just did not work at all. I thought it was really poor. The second film I did not notice it in, the ultimatum I returned for me. I don't know whether I just didn't notice it in Supremacy, but whatever happened, it was not what I wanted to happen. And it returned, and it made the fight scene, the big fight scene, really underwhelming, because... I mean, that entire rooftop run was pretty impressive, but it accumulated in something that wasn't that interesting for me because I just felt like it was too over the top. The foley just did not work. And this film has done it again. It's kind of it's been a step back. In another sense, the text, the awful, horrible, nasty, vile, disgusting block lets we can't think of a font text returns for Ultimatum, and I don't know why, because they had a good thing going with the, with Supremacy, so why change things that worked in Supremacy and make them bad again? It felt cliche, and I don't know why they chose to step backwards in that sense. Like all three films, it's shot very, very well. You can't really analyse many of the shots because there's that many of them. The cuts return, the very fast cuts, but it's equaled out with very fast action scenes. Every moment in this film felt needed. 
but yet the formula stayed the same and it still found a way to keep it interesting me with me and although this was the last one in the trilogy i still felt like there was more to tell maybe but i feel like that's the joy of it we well of course this this wasn't the last everborn film if it had have been i don't know what i would my opinions would be here i think my opinions would be very different if i didn't know there was never going to be another Matt Damon Bourne film. But of course there is, and it's Jason Bourne. But as a standalone film, you know, it answered everything I needed to know. Yes, there was questions, but there should always be questions. And a film should never answer everything, in my opinion. If it answers everything, you've got nothing to think about. And I think when you come out of a film, you need to be able to think about what you've just watched. You need to be able to, you know, analyse in your own head what you've just watched. And this film let you do that, while also answering so many questions that you kind of needed to know. This, for me was Bourne's highlight. The set pieces were the very best in the series. The directing was the best. The cast was the best. Matt Damon gave his best performance. Although this film still had, you know, a lot of issues. Well, not a lot of issues. It just had issues that the first one had. It improved so much upon everything that was great. And the main, main scenes, the big sto- the story and the main set pieces really stood out to me as being the best in this series. And, like, one of the best action films I've seen in a very, very long time. Of course, there are better action films. But as a trilogy, you know, these these films work really, really well together. They all interconnect in a way that really, really appealed to me. The fact that this one intertwines so much with uh, 1 and 2. In fact, this film actually takes place before the end of 2. And then halfway through this film, it catches up to the end of 2. And I think that works. The way it intertwines means that people who have watched all of them and it do really like them, for me it works because I've seen them all in like the space of a week, but it worked because I was kind of like, oh, no way, are they going back here? I can't believe that. I can't believe that they've done all, all this and it's all coming full circle and you're kind of rewarded for seeing all three of them. You cannot go into this film as a standalone, I don't think, not at all, but if you have enjoyed the two other films, this is definitely you know, a satisfying reward in a way. It's definitely the best Bourne film to come out. And I don't think it really gets better than this action-wise. If you want mindless action with a bit of, you know, interesting plot, you know, what what plot is there is really good. But, you know, it's still a Bourne film. You're still getting the same formula. It doesn't do anything to reinvent, which the second one did, but it improves on everything that the second one did while stepping back in, like, two minor departments. It's a significantly better film than Supremacy. A huge, huge step up from Identity. And I'm going to give Ultimatum four and a half stars. <sighs> now let's talk about Legacy. What's your name? Kenneth Kitson. Where are you from? Reno. Will you give yourself to this program? Yes, sir. Right hand, please. Oh, that has healed well. Any diminished sensation? No. There is nothing that you wouldn't do for this country. You have the strength to do what's necessary. Welcome to the program. <sighs> they made a fourth Bourne film. It's on for half an hour longer than any other Bourne film. Doesn't star Matt Damon. And is an absolute mess of a film. This film... No joke took me around four and a half hours to watch, just because there was moments where I just paused it and did something else. This is dull, boring, disappointing, not born. Why the hell did they attach the born name to it? Nothing really happens that's very born related. Everything in this film is a huge step down from everything else. And I would say there is very few saving graces in a film that you know, could have been good. I think there were some improvements. Well, no, I don't. 
the director changes in this film. It's not Paul Greengrass, it's Tony Gilroy who wrote all the rest of them. Again, he writes this one, but he also uh, directs it. He doesn't use shaky cam, which is strange considering the last two films did, and of course the first one didn't do it as much, but did it a little bit. This film uses steady cameras, but still uses the same cuts. And that, to me, doesn't fit right. Also, for the first hour of this film... Actually, to be fair, now I need to step back a bit. I need to step back. So, the, as I said, the film's directed and written by Tony Gilroy again. Written again, directed by Tony Gilroy, this time instead of Paul Greengrass. It stars, on the other hand, a completely different cast. Yes, some people return, like Joanne Allen returns and, and well... They all kind of, loads of cast members from the previous films return, but in kind of like bit parts. Jason Bourne's consistently mentioned and shown, but Matt Damon never appears in any new scenes. And otherwise, the new cast is mainly Jeremy Renner, Rachel Wise, and their big CIA boss for this time, because it's, I've noticed it changes every single film, is uh, Edward Norton. Now, just a side note, this film probably features the best cast for me as in Edward Norton is in my favourite ever film Fight Club Oscar Isaac is one of my favourite ever actors and he's in you know the solid first act of the film and Jeremy Renner I really like as an actor I think he's a really good actor he's one of the better Avengers and the Hurt Locker's a very very good film now I don't get why this film exists really because it felt like this is just a cash grab. Every minute of this just feels, look, look, this is born. Look, come and see it because it's born. Give us all your money, please. Please, look, look, we promise you it's born. Look, Jason Bourne's name's in it. We promise. Don't, don't not come and see it because it's not got Matt Damon in it. Look, we've got Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner's basically Matt Damon because everyone thinks Matt Damon's in the Hurt Locker, but he's not. It's, 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 it's Jeremy Renner. Look, Jeremy Renner. Please, please come and see this film. And that that's kind of what I was feeling like. It was a slog. A boring, dull slog. And as much as Jeremy Renner and his likability kind of screams to you, it can't help but save a really dull, unnecessary film in the franchise. The actual plot is Jeremy Renner is Aaron Cross. He is agent number five. He is part of a group of six people in an operation known as Operation Outcome. The Operation Outcome is basically a series of super soldiers who super soldier people. I'm not really sure what the purpose is. I'm sure they're just assassins like the rest of them. And he did something wrong and kind of gets punished and does this, has to do this test. And the first half of this film is nothing to do with any Bourne film at all, really, and it's not really until, like, an hour and something into this film where you really feel like, oh, yeah, this is a bit borny, only because it consistently flicks back to the CIA. We don't actually know what Aaron Cross is doing, Aaron Cross being Jeremy Renner, um, and why we're watching this film for a solid hour, because there is no connection to the first Bourne film other than a couple of CIA nods. There is no reason. I just don't understand. I really did not get what this plot was going for. I mean, we get... Jeremy Renner seems to be on some sort of revenge mission because he wants some chemicals to make him less or more super soldiery. I'm not really sure what he wants in the film. And Edward Norton doesn't like the fact that he could expose everything by being more super soldiery or being less super soldiery. I'm not really sure in that sense. I, I was just kind of bored by the plot. And the only thing that kept me interested at all was a couple of good action set pieces, which still didn't really live up to the uh, the previous films, probably because of the lack of shaky cam and the complete change of, of style. That's not to say this film is poorly directed. You know, I'm making it out like Tony Gilroy's an awful director. He's good for trying, but he should stick to the screenplay and, and everything else because I think he's a lot better at that. The lack of shaky cam is very evident, and it does still not work with the... It's very similar to Doug Lyman's approach in Identity, and I'm not keen on that version. It's, it's the worst one of the trilogy, that is. 
I don't really know what was good about this film. It's hard for me to point out what was actually good about this film. There was a couple of scenes which I liked. I think the lab shooting was intense enough to be to be interesting. The use of an asset wasn't that interesting. Oscar Isaac's performance in this, again, Oscar Isaac's fantastic. I love Oscar Isaac. Every film he's done is is so engrossing. And he kind of pulls you in with this mystery. I just don't understand why this film exists and why it had to be made. Because it doesn't really explain anything. What did I learn new about this film? Nothing. Did I care for Aaron Cross as a character? Not really. Did it bring back the romantic subplot? Did it ever? Did it bring back the awful text? No, it did not. Best thing about this film was it got rid of the awful text from 3 and 1 and returned to a very similar text from uh, from 2. I would actually say it's my favourite text of the five because at this point in time I have now seen Jason Bourne and it is my, my favourite text. So that is... You know, that's a compliment, really. That is, you know, Born Legacy. Watch it for the text. Everything else didn't work. The action was okay. The music was okay. The acting was pretty good, but it was, you know, bogged down by a boring, unnecessary story. It tried too hard to connect to the Born films, and in all honesty, it could have been its own film altogether. This didn't have to be a Bourne film. This could have been its own action series or just something set in the Bourne world. But I don't know why it was called The Bourne Legacy when it doesn't really have anything to do with Bourne. It's not really canon. Well, it is canon, but it barely is canon. You know, I think the only way they could have done this and made it more is if they would have had Matt Damon in it as well. But the fact that they haven't even got him in it begs the question as to why it needs the Bourne title other than quick look by this film. It's Bourne. The fight scenes were a bit of an improvement, I thought. I thought the lack of uh, Paul Foley you know, definitely stood out to me. But besides the actual cinematography looking good, the shot choices and the lack of shake cam was disappointing. As I've said before, the music was disappointing. Uh, everything just felt really lacklustre. And while the cast tried the best, Edward Norton, again, fantastic in what he does but he didn't really have a lot to work with. Jeremy Renner is a likeable character, but his storyline's so boring and not interesting that I didn't really care for it. It is the worst one of, of all four. And, as I've said multiple times, there is no reason for this film to exist. You do not need to watch this. As someone who has now watched Jason Bourne, it doesn't regard it at all. It doesn't mention anything to do with this film. Ignore it. Ignore it if you can, because it kind of taints my opinion of the Bourne films. You know, I went into Jason Bourne not that excited because I sat through two hours and God knows how long of the Bourne legacy and and you tried and, and it's it's cute for trying, but don't don't do it again. Don't cash in. If Matt Damon's not involved, don't do it. They should have stopped at uh, Ultimatum. And the cash grab's too obvious. Um, I don't know what else there is to say about it. The Bourne Legacy, it's bad. It's it's dull. It's bad. A couple of good action scenes, you know. A couple of good badass moments, but they didn't click with the character. Didn't click with the story. Unnecessary. Sum it up in one word: unnecessary. I'm gonna give the Bourne Legacy one and a half stars. So there we have it. The Bourne Identity, Supremacy, Ultimatum, and The Bourne Legacy, all reviewed for your pleasure. If you've managed to sit through all the way to this end, thank you. I, I really appreciate it. If you'd like me to do more of these random special podcasts, I will be doing more of them. But if you'd like me to do them more often and for certain franchises, there are still loads and loads of franchises that I haven't had the time to sit down and properly watch. And I would like to do more of these because I genuinely did enjoy you know, the effort of sitting down and, and reviewing these and thinking about them a bit more. And I think it was mainly because I didn't I wanted to watch Jason Bourne. And if there is another moment like that, I probably will, you know, go back and do more. For example, had 
no, it's a poor example. I was going to say had Spectre come out uh, this year, I would have done all the Daniel Craig films. Uh, I probably will do that at some point, actually, because I'm a big, big Bond fan. But I want to do more specials in the future. I want to do more random one-off things that aren't just what's coming out this week. Because, But to be fair, that's going to happen anyway, because there are many weeks when, you know, nothing does come out. I mean, next week's going to be a bit of a struggle, because only Suicide Squad comes out. So I'm going to have to watch some other films and review those. But for the most part, you know, this is something I really enjoy doing. And to be able to do more, not just what's out, is, is, is really fun for me. So if you did enjoy this, as I said, let me know. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on uh, Facebook, at Dorsebear, uh, Dawson Roberts. I upload all my blog posts. Dawson Film Reviews is the blog. Just type that in without spaces and it will uh, it will come up. This has been the My Week in Media Born Special. And I don't think there's any way to end this other than adding in a bit of Moby in extreme ways. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Dawson. Out. Born? Get some rest, Pam. You look tired. <laughs>